Brace yourselves for October is the month that there may be more references to particular citizen band radio codes, a tee that only works under the American system of naming dates. Today is 10-3, which means stop transmitting. Unfortunately, we're only at the beginning of this edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement, so you'll have to wait about 15 minutes for that. On today's program, a regional real estate firm lists five facts about the commercial property market in Charlottesville. Construction is set to get underway this month for the restoration of a stream in the city's McIntyre Park. And the Charlottesville Planning Commission makes changes to the draft zoning code recommendations during their second set of deliberations before turning it over to city council. today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, this is Banned Books Week, a time to honor those publications that some authorities attempt to stop people from reading. JMRL is celebrating with a trivia night at Random Row Brewing Company at 7 p.m. on Wednesday, October 4th, with prizes and free banned books. Thanks to the friends of the library. For more information, email someone whose email is in the newsletter. Today, before we start, just so you know, there is construction going on at my house, and I really want to get this one done, so there might be some thumping. It's the final quarter of 2023, and that means it is time for the real estate firm Cushman & Wakefield Tallheimer to put out a regular set of five fast facts for each of the markets that they cover. That includes Charlottesville, and I include some of what they've listed. The U.S. News & World Report has ranked the University of Virginia as the number five public school in the United States and the number 24 university overall. Of course, UVA is in a four-way tie for that ranking, with Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, Emory University in Atlanta, and Washington University in St. Louis, Missouri. In July, it was announced that Charlottesville-based nanotechnology company Laser Thermal would invest $2.9 million in its operations in the Ix Park to create 28 additional jobs. Learn more about what this company does in an August 2nd story from UVA Today that's in the newsletter. Virginia Diodes will invest $2.5 million at their operation and create 24 new jobs. The company began in 1966 as a UVA spinoff and became independent in 2004. Learn more in a press release from the Virginia Economic Development Partnership. Ground has been broken for a 279-unit apartment complex in northern Albemarle to be called The Ridge at North Point. This is being developed by the Great Eastern Management Company, according to a July 25th press release. The final fact is a broad one. And I'm just putting this out there because it's a statement I think people probably should hear. More than 2,000 multifamily units have been built since the start of 2020, expanding the total inventory by more than 16%. For information on other markets, visit the Cushman and Wakefield Tallheimer website. The city of Charlottesville has teamed up with the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont to address deterioration of one of the waterways that runs through the middle of the community. In all, 820 linear feet of Shanks Branch will be restored as it runs through McIntyre Park on land leased by the nonprofit group. Here's a section from a press release. 
The stream is experiencing active, severe erosion, sending excessive amounts of sediment and nutrient pollution downstream. Some of the unstable, eroding stream banks are as high as 12 feet tall, and data collected indicate that 436,000 pounds of sediment erode from the stream every year. That makes it an unhealthy place for aquatic life. The Botanical Garden of the Piedmont hopes to use the restoration as an educational component of their work. For more information about the project, there are three links in the newsletter. Go take a look. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, looking for a free fall event for your family that will help raise money for cancer treatments for patients at UVA's Children's Hospital? Mark your calendar for October 22nd and Jackfest at Foxfield in Albemarle County. That's going to be from noon to 4 p.m. at Foxfield. The free event is named for Jack Callahan, a boy who beat back metastatic cancer after a 13-month course of intensive treatments in 2019 and 2020. Jackfest raises funds for Ronald McDonald House to support families who need assistance while other treatments are underway. Events at the Jackfest will include kids running races and family relays, including a superhero dash, kids mighty one-mile run, and a child-parent relay race. Family activities such as an inflatable obstacle course, bounce house, and slides, a petting zoo, and a truck touch with emergency vehicles, and adult and kid food options, including food trucks with local beer and wine. While the event is free, people can sign up for the races and the team fundraising challenge at the Jackfest website at www.jackfest.net. public comment period for the Civil Plans Together initiative isn't quite over, as City Council will soon schedule their public hearing on land use reform that will transform Charlottesville's future and accelerate a trend toward more building space allowed within city limits. There were 110 speakers at the Planning Commission's public hearing on September 14th, and five days later, the Planning Commission had their first set of deliberations. On September 26th, five of the six commissioners went through a list of recommended changes to the zoning code during their second set of deliberations. There is also one vacancy on the planning commission that has been open since June. This summary is not an exhaustive one, but attempts to capture the conversation. A little warning, the audio setting is a little weird, so it's a little hummy. First up, Commissioner Phil Duranzio sought to reduce the minimum lot size allowed in residential A districts from the 6,000 square feet requirement. Residential B and Residential C have lower amounts in the draft code. Why aren't we at 2,500 square feet across all three districts? It doesn't seem to make sense to have RA at 6,000 the other at 2,500. Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg said the two different sizes capture a concept in the current zoning, which separated R1 properties into two types. Historically, uh, we have kind of R1 large lot and R1 small lot. Uh, yeah. That's a result of R1 large lot to the original R1. R1 small lot was introduced in 1991. Commissioner Lyle Sola Yates proposed increasing the amount to 5,000 square feet, which Stolzenberg said he could support. However, the available members held a 3-2 to two straw poll and went with the staff recommendation to stay at 6,000 square feet. 
The commission also discussed whether to allow two additional bonus units to lots in residential C zones that would keep the existing structure. The draft says eight, and Commissioner Stolzenberg suggested ten. You have areas in the city that are designated RC where the existing house is very valuable um, and pretty much under no circumstances will it be viable to demolish it. Uh, so you're effect effectively reducing the allowance uh, in those areas by one because that house is already there and so pushing the pressure uh, to those other areas with the cheaper houses that are more likely to be demolished. Um, it seems like a pretty easy and simple thing to do uh, to disincentivize demolitions. Commissioner Lyle Soli-Yates suggested allowing the bonus height of an additional floor in residential C zones to allow four-story townhomes. The best uh, affordable homeownership tool that I'm aware of um, is a stacked uh, two-over-two townhouse. The current code bans it in all residential areas. I think that if we want to do the thing that we say we want to do, we should find a way to do it. James Fries, the Director of Neighborhood Development Services, said the additional floor would cause the structure to become more than house scale. Ultimately, it's a policy decision, but we've made, a, we've made various statements about house scale, and I think the decision has been made is, is to score stories, keep us within or, or take us out of a house scale. I've certainly heard arguments that present four stories as house scale. I've heard arguments to say the other way. Commissioner Philip Duranzio said he would support the bonus height in the other residential areas as well. The current base level in the proposed RA and RB districts is 28 feet, or three and a half stories. Duranzio also said the word house scale is a subjective one. These two over twos, for example, wouldn't, I don't think, be taller than CNO Row, which is really three stories for the most part above grade. Duranzio would allow that height even without the affordability requirements. Commissioner Carl Schwartz said he would support that, but wasn't sure it would get three votes on city council. The three and a half stories makes me feel a lot better. Commissioner Hosea Mitchell said he was concerned about decoupling the bonus height from affordability requirements. I, I'm, I'm cool with 4 and 45, but only if there's a reason to do it. The only reason I want to do that is just if I get some affordable housing. Stolzenberg also expressed reservations given comments from property owners who are against the larger structures. Stolzenberg and Duranzio said there are plenty of examples of that amount of height in existing buildings throughout the city's existing residential zones. Here's Duranzio. Although we must consider the public comment, and I, I, we can't be enslaved by it, particularly when you know we are encountering things that might be not you know, factually wrong. The five commissioners present then discussed making the base height in all three residential districts at 35 feet, with a five-foot bonus for affordable heights. Here's Rory Stolzenberg. So the public has to endure seeing five extra feet, um, but they can save the knowledge that uh, they're affordable units on site. Schwartz wanted to keep the draft as is for RA and RB and add additional height in RC. That appeared to be the consensus at this time. Discussion about specific changes to the code went on for another hour or so before attention turned to uses allowed in each district. The five commissioners present agreed to allow daycare centers with more than 12 children as a use in residential districts with a special use permit. The current draft would not allow that. Stolzenberg also wants to allow outdoor entertainment in residential districts with a special use permit. 
The Ray Banner River Company would be banned under this current ordinance if it weren't non legally non-conforming. Uh, I'd say we should allow new Ray Banner River Companies uh, by special use permit. The other four commissioners appeared to support that change. Commissioner Lyle Soliates said he wants to make it easier for limited commercial uses to be allowed in residential districts. Soliates suggested allowing them by right on corner lots in residential C zones. Mitchell said he could support that. Stolzenberg said he could support them by right in residential B zones, but suggested maybe limiting the uses to food-related ones. A straw poll of 3 to 2 favored allowing them in residential B. A second discussion centered around a requirement to allow at least one residential unit to allow that by right use, as well as limiting the size of the space. Commissioners also recommended a change in the code to allow people to ride bicycles on sidewalks. There were also discussions about specific changes to the zoning map. Commissioner Carl Schwartz recommended changing West Main Street east of the Drury Round Bridge to CX-8 rather than CX-5. The buildings are already taller than five stories. One issue is how to protect West Haven from more intense development. CRHA has asked for $15 million for an eventual redevelopment of that site, which is currently listed as RX-5. There's another suggestion to increase the area around 14th Street from RX3 in the draft map to RX5. Commissioner Carl Schwartz also suggested increasing properties on 5th Street extended to CX10 from CX5. These include the properties where a Wawa is currently under construction, as well as the Willoughby Shopping Center. Stolzenberg wants most of the land on US-29 between Barracks Road Shopping Center and up to nearly Greenbrier Drive to be NX-10. He suggested density is already happening along the corridor, with projects such as Great Eastern Management's development of Seminole Square, as well as redevelopment of the Asian Foods Market just across the border with Albemarle County. The commissioners continued their suggested changes in detail, and I'm hopeful there will be a list of exactly what they discussed and what will end up in the version that council will hold their public hearing on. Council will take a final vote, and at some point, we should know what's going to be in the document. The day after the Planning Commission's second deliberation, City Council held their first conversation. I'll have information about that in perhaps the next edition of this newsletter and podcast. The Charlottesville Planning Commission has their third conversation tomorrow, and uh, I want to be able to record that one and bring it to you as well. But that's the end of number 584. As I said, I did not make it through to the end of the Charlottesville Planning Commission's second set of deliberations, and this is only due to lack of time. As I publish this, City Council will be in the middle of their second set of talks, and I want to get to that first. Many view the work of the Seville Plans Together initiative as something to either vote up or vote down. My version of the reality is that there's a lot of nuance, and any big land use change could surely have consequences. My hope as a journalist is to bring as much of this conversation to readers and listeners about attempts to discuss potential negatives and to provide at least one glimpse at these arguments which are far from simple. Thanks to paid Substack subscribers for allowing me to keep going, as well as Patreon contributors. Today's two shoutouts come from a mixture of those, and if you're interested in having one, contact me. 
That's the end of this program. When will the next one be? Hopefully tomorrow. I'm Sean Tubbs, and uh, Tub Thumping! <laughs>